0: I want to continue with the message I started three weeks ago. Escape from financial hardship. Escape from financial hardship. Father, we thank you. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you move today and help us with your word. Give us hearts that can understand. Lord, open up our spirits to receive from you. Spirit of the living God, speak today by your power and by your grace in Jesus name. Amen. And I said here before that God wants to set his people apart. And I believe that with all of my heart. God wants to set you apart financially, in your marriage, in every area of life. God wants you to be the showcase for the world. You are his child, special child. You're different. You're a different breed. God gave birth to you. You have his DNA. You are set apart. You are born again. You are not like the rest of them. You have a different nature. God has put another nature in you, and you belong to the kingdom of God, and you are not operating under the economy of the United States, you are operating under the economy of the kingdom of God, which you belong, you belong to the kingdom, the kingdom can never be broke, the kingdom will never suffer recession, the kingdom will never suffer depression, if you are suffering depression or recession in your life, wake up! And and, and run back to the kingdom that you belong to. And begin to cry out to your God. God has made everything available to us. The Bible tells us that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If all the blessings are in Christ and you are in Christ, enjoy the blessings in Christ. Amen. You are not part of the kingdom of the world. Forget about what is happening in the world. This is the time for God to set you up it's true how else will they know that you're different when they see that things are working out well for you and everyone is going down but they don't understand how you're you're getting along, your children are fine, things are happening, they begin to notice, uh, there's something different about this guy. Uh, What is that that's different about him? Well, uh, we found that he goes to church every Sunday morning (laughs) and he's praying to God. There's something different about this man. Uh, Where do you go to church? We want to join. We want to know what's happening. That's what this is all about. And I shared last week that God wants you to eat butter and honey. The Bible tells us that, that in Isaiah chapter 7, the Bible says, Jesus himself, born of a virgin, will eat butter and honey, so he will know to refuse the evil and choose the good. That's Jesus. God wants him to have. I know that there is a word out there that Jesus was poor, and I said it the other day, if you call a man that can multiply bread uh, to, to feed 5,000 people, something is uh, poor, if you call that kind of person... Poor, poor and something's wrong with your mind he can never be poor he wasn't poor he was rich by the, by human standard he was very rich uh, if you have somebody that's holding money for you that's holding your money back and you have no care about checking the money back how much is there you going, uh, you got to have a lot. Especially if the one that's holding the money bag is a thief. And you know it and don't even bother about it. He's got to have a lot of money in that money bag. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to have You just don't allow your mind to settle, especially young people, don't allow your mind to settle that you will live in this life and not have to take care of your kids. It's really painful not to have to take care of your kids. It's really painful not to have to send your children to school. It's really painful when you cannot buy your children hamburger because you don't have $20 to do it because you're calculating if I spend this $20, what's going to happen to us at the end? of the month. That's not the way to live the abundant life. And that's not the life that Jesus brought to us. This is not a prosperity gospel. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because he wants you to have so you can take care of your family and everyone is doing well. You have a car that is working right, not the one that is breaking down every corner. You know, And you're always looking for the mechanic and hey, 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 car, do you have a <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Hey, to help you. And have you borrow from a brother who has one, hey, that's not the way to live or having a Pinto. And that's okay for, for some time, you know. But God wants to take you from uh, the Pinto to something that is really good. And, and, and the people say, what's going on? That guy used to drive a Pinto last year, but he kept going to church. Now he's not driving a Pinto anymore. Uh, he has this good car. I know those things are, seem silly, but people watch these things. They right. do. They do. They watch what's going on with your kids. Amen. And if your kids are using drugs and your your kids all they want to talk about how ah, good Jesus is, amen. I mean, they want to, boy, these kids are locked into God. No, maybe that's why their family is doing good. They just bought a new car. Their kids are well. They're not in drugs. My kids are in drugs. And we're suffering. We don't know what to do. But you seem to have everything together. And when you're living that way, you leave your home and you have a good smile on your face. Amen. Because all is well. But if you can't pay your bill, you know you'll not be smiling well. And if they're threatening to take your house, you won't be smiling very well. I mean, this is real life. This is real life. If they're trying to take your house, you're not going to be happy. But Jesus came. He said that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, ask that you might receive that your joy may be full. That's his will, your joy to be full. If your needs are not met, you can't take care of your kids, children's needs. You cannot be really happy. That's just the truth. You can't. That's where people unbelievers look at man, he's suffering, but he's having a smile. You know, they know something is not right. Yeah. And you tell them, come to church, they say, Thank you very much. It's okay. Because you lost your mind. All of this waste is going on in your life. And then you're pretending that's the way they see it. But when they see the substance, because we are able to pull the things that are in the heavenlies by the faith into the natural world by miracle and they recognize it's God doing a miracle in your life. So today I want to talk about some of the practical things that we must do to be free from financial hardship. Practical things. Now, this is what we must understand. You must understand this. If you decide today that you are going to lock into this principle. Now, let me let you know, there are spiritual principles or spiritual laws. And there are natural laws or principles. And if you break any of these, you pay the price. So, there are spiritual laws that we must obey. And the spiritual laws are over the natural laws. And can control the natural laws. So when you are operating in the spiritual law, or the spiritual principle, you are flying high over the natural principle. Or law. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God gave his own sound. The Bible tells us that, that the the giving of His Son is what delivered us from that. From the natural laws. We now go into the spirit realm and we can take control of the natural. So there are natural laws and spiritual laws. If you look into the spiritual laws, it will work for you in the spirit realm. It will make your life beautiful before God. And also in the natural, you become beautiful. Your life becomes beautiful as well. Because that will take control over the natural. And you can then fly. And live like the eagles. There is a thing in the covenant of God, a, a, a tool that God is giving us it's called the power to get wealth and you we read it the other day in Deuteronomy chapter chapter 8 he said God said in his word you know remember the Lord your God because he it is who gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant with you please say with me can you say that with me he wants to establish his covenant with you according to the scriptures wealth is a requirement yeah. think about it wealth is a requirement in the hand of the believer for the establishment of God's covenant with that believer he needs it in your hand and we've been taught all these lies that we're supposed to have nothing it was all it was it was holy to be to be poor The poorer you you are, uh, the more like Jesus you look. Uh, That's not true. God says he is giving you the power to get wealth, that he might establish his covenant with you. So wealth is required by God. For his covenant to be established in your hands That doesn't mean you can't be a part of the covenant But if God wants to make you a high flyer He has to put that wealth in your hand So that you can fly high You don't need the wealth The wealth is a tool for you to establish your place with him And if you establish your place with him Then you have established your place on the earth Because promotion comes from the Lord If God makes you, no man cannot make you But if men make you, they can take you out. They'll vote you out of office. If you don't please them. So when you please God and he's the one that put you there, they'll try, they can't get you down. So we must do certain things. There are things to do for us to be able to benefit from that too. The power to get wealth. It's part of the covenant. And Christians have neglected this. You know, right after the fall, God cursed the ground. And he told Adam, from the sweat of your brow, In you know, other that was, you want to eat? <laughs> you are going to be doing this. That's the only way you survive on this earth. He cursed the ground. And then during the time of Noah, after the flood, that the first world was destroyed, God decided, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I won't cause the ground for them anymore. And in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 and 22, He says, The Lord smelled the sweet aroma because Noah, you know, made a sacrifice unto the Lord. Then the Lord said in his heart, where did the Lord say that? In the depth of his being. Deep inside him. Say in the word. In his heart, he said this. And then he revealed it to us. This is what I have decided in my heart. Deep inside it. I will never again, never again curse the ground for man's sake. I'm going to set a new principle for mankind. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of his, of man's heart is evil from his youth. God is saying, I know he's, it's, he's it's gonna be bad. There's no, there's no, there's no need addressing that. That's just gonna be the case. Until Jesus came, they're just gonna be this way. But I will not curse the ground anymore for their sake. Then he said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, The ground is no longer cursed. If you want to survive, you want to eat, not just sweating now. You don't need to sweat anymore. I got a new principle out. It's called sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest. If you sow seed, then the ground is not cursed because of you. You can reap. If you don't sow, you will not reap. That's what we must do. The more you hold back, the more you destroy your destiny. God has said this principle. Seed time and harvest. Sowing and reaping. Let me tell you something. The harvest does not respond to fasting and prayer. Harvest doesn't respond to that. (laughs) If you have nothing in the ground... You can fast all you want. You're not going to have a harvest. Sorry. You can pray all you want. Cry and say, God, I am fasting. The Lord is saying, "Sit time and have a soul, or something so I can bless it. Amen. Until seed is sown. Harvest is not in view. Amen. You have to sow. This is a principle, it's a law. You have to understand, this is a principle that God has set over the world, over the earth. If you don't sow, There's another law we're talking about, the the, the, the same which is sowing labor, which is the natural one. But that's not what God wants you to live by as a Christian. Labor is good, you get some reward. But that's to give you seed to sow. Amen. So there is seed time and harvest. You know, in the New Testament, when we talk about seed, we're talking about somebody planting something in the ground. You know, that's the way they lived in the Old Testament. They sow something in the ground, and then it grows, and then you have a harvest. But in the New Testament, God changes the idea of seed or sowing to giving. Giving now replaces sowing. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. If you sow, you will reap. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Jesus wasn't just talking. If you don't give, you have nothing to be pressed down, shaken together, and nothing is going to run over. You got nothing. Zero plus zero is a quarter. Oh, are you so smart? (laughs) He got nothing in the ground. Giving is sowing in the New Testament. When God gave that in the Old Testament, he was looking to our time. You have to understand that the Old Testament is a shadow of good things to come. The good things is no longer the sowing of seed, but the giving of seed. And the seed to give is your money. (laughs) That's what the Bible tells us. In other words, I'm not going to curse the ground anymore. You're not going to, I'm not going to make you sweat to eat anymore. I'm giving you a new principle called giving. You know, if you, in that of that, Paul was saying, he says, if anyone is a thief, let him not steal anymore paul said please go and look for a job that's good so that you can have you would like to add to make a living no that's not what the bible says so that you can have to give that's what it says check it so giving is what brings you the abundance And it works for both unbelievers and believers alike but for the believer it's like pouring gasoline into it he works but Satan has a way of lying to us and telling us did God say remember that did God say he says you you have think every time you give it you are giving it to that pastor that's why he's driving that new Mercedes Benz amen You are wasting your time. Don't give it. Hold it back. Did God say you should give it? know, yeah, God is just trying to satisfy that little man that he's making, that's talking, saying his word. Keep your money to yourself. Your giving is what's giving him that new car that he's driving. <laughs> if a pastor is going to depend on <laughs> the giving, he's going to waste away, I'm telling you. A pastor needs to sow as well. Amen. You sow. Our family don't want to give. We want to give above everybody else. That's my desire. A long time I was praying to God, I want to give thousands. Because all I was giving was 100. I want to be able to write a check for 1,000. Whether it's tithe or offering, I don't care. I just want to write a check for 1,000. Amen. And God is making that possible. The key is to give, giving is sowing. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Thank you, Linda. Verse 6 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So you think he's talking about Planting seeds on the, in the ground, right? <laughs> you know, I'm going to sow a lot of corn seed, you know. And I, but that's not what he's saying. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. So giving becomes sowing. You see? So let everyone give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, you need to watch your attitude when you are about to give. It's so important that you watch your attitude. God wants you to sow joyfully. Why are you sowing joyfully? Because you know you're going to have a harvest. Amen. Amen. It's painful to sow But you are thinking, boy, I'm going to sow, you know, two bushels of corn. Man, when harvest time comes, it's going to be wonderful. God, you give us good rain. Give us some sunshine. I'm sowing. As you sow, God, watch it. It's your attitude that is going to determine the rain and the sunshine. On your seed, your giving. If you sow it grudgingly, you are there will be no sunshine, no rain on your seed, and you will not have a harvest. So, God loves a cheerful giver that's the sunshine there and the rain, amen. Your joyfulness in giving, He said, not of necessity, don't let anyone pressure you, including Pastor Andy, amen. <laughs> <laughs> don't let anyone pressure you to give. If you don't give, we are going to be out of our television station. Then get out of it. Amen. Get out of your spot. So give, and you are pressured to give, not as a result of necessity. You give as you purpose in your own heart. Yes, amen. If God has opened your eyes to see what's going on and you want to give to it, then give. Let Pastor Andy preach his message. Don't listen to him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> about giving? Usually I write my check from home. So this preacher preaching, I don't give my stuff emotionally, you know. I already know the need. Now, if I come in and the need is mentioned and I feel like what I have ready is not good enough, then I will change it. but it's still coming from my heart not of necessity let no man pressure you to give anything we have to build we have to get in next month if you don't give we won't get in well let the building come down because the Bible says not as a result of necessity amen so that's the way to give let me say this It's it's so important look it's good to save money in the bank Okay? But I'm not uh, the guy that teaches how to manage your finances. I know very little. I need to attend some of those seminars myself, you know. It's good. You need to save some money. (coughs) Amen. You need to invest some money. As a Christian, you should be disciplined. You got extra, invest it to get some more. It's good. It's good saving some money putting some money aside i mean not saying the economy is bad so i've got to cut back so i can have to save you have bought into something wrong It's going to destroy you you have faith in the negative and it's going to cause you problems you stay the same if you want to cut back so you can give more to the house of god that's okay that's up to you but i'm not going to cut back with with something sitting behind My heart saying, you should cut back because the economy is bad. If you respond to that, you have listened to the devil. And you are going to go that way. Remember, we are not operating under the economy of the world. Amen? We are under God's economy. That's not saying we shouldn't use wisdom. But let me say this to you. Saving money in the bank is not as good as sowing. Saving money in the bank, savings is not as good as sowing. You remember the story Jesus gave to us about the guys that he gave money, talent. He gave one five, I got that one right, five. (laughs) He gave two and he gave one. I won't do this. (laughs) But he gave them. Knowing fully that he could have put the money in the bank. You know that? He knew he could have put the money in the bank. But instead of putting the money in the bank, he wouldn't do that. He gave it to them. One of them buried the money. And this is what Jesus said to that one. Matthew 25 verse 27. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. He understood that putting the money in the bank is good. I'll get some interest from that. But it's not as good as sowing that money. That's why Jesus said, don't put your money in the bank here. Because there will be inflation and all of that stuff. The interest rate might come down. And all of that. The mouth will eat it. But put your money in the kingdom of God. So sowing is much better than savings. Let me tell you something. If there is a real need. Maybe it comes on television. I'm not talking about tithe. Pastor Andy explained that to us today. I'm not talking about tithe. But your offering. If there is something going on on television. And you, you feel moved to give to it. And you give to it because you want that need met and you want those people to be rich and I be given something to you know something material or the gospel you will never lose that money i know that for sure yeah. uh, my wife gave a thousand dollars when she started a business long ago i'm uh, three years or so right and we, he was he was Terrible. In fact, we had prophecy on that, that business. Prophecy that says God is asking you to do this and everything fell in place. But then after we started, we opened the office, nothing was coming in. I mean, I go in there and go around the neighborhood, putting out flyers, and people talking to them, telling them, my wife is a good doctor. Excuse me, I'm not practicing. She's over there, you guys go, and she'll take care of you. And, and talking to them, and she'll sit in the office from morning till closing time, and hardly one person shows up. And I started wondering, was this from God or did we hear God? How many have been there? You wonder if, God, if you really heard God. But don't quit. Maybe all you need to do is so-so. Thank God we were in Colorado. And uh, I went in to be with my brothers in Christ, uh, to pastors to, to worship. And Angela stayed back. And was watching uh, Benny And Benny was about to go to India. You remember that? And he was talking about the millions of people that would be saved. And Oral, Robert, was with him. And, uh, and Oral came ready with $1,000 check in his pocket. And was challenging everybody around the country. Just give I mean $1,000 and see what will happen. Angela decided right there, I'm going to send 1000 Guess what? Everything changed from there till today. Hundreds of thousands have come in since then. Amen. It's the truth. In our church here, we have decided... My, my, every Almost every Sunday, I put something in to the uh, building fund. I started this long ago. I don't care how God is going to bless my family. I just so. Every Sunday... Something goes. I used to borrow a dollar from Pastor Andy to give in an offering if I don't have. Yes. He'll tell you the same. Because I wanted to give to every offering. I didn't want any offering basket to go by me. I need to put something. So I said, Pastor Andy, I ran out of my home real fast. Do you have a dollar that I can borrow? I know not to pay him back. You no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and he's gracious enough to let me have the dollar. So if I come to you, please give me ten. Okay. (laughs) So I can have more coming to me. Amen. Even though I got it from you. (laughs) But we need to sow. You have to really understand these principles as we move along. So important. You don't give when you feel pressured provide your offering at home before you come and make it a large offering to the Lord so no one sees it, it is between you and the Lord I'm not afraid to say because I do the same thing I want to give to the Lord and I'm not afraid because I'm looking to him for my harvest I generally ask the Lord what I want for our church and he does he answers amen next thing we must understand is you cannot sow or eat seed that you do not have. God is the one that gives seed to the sower. So if you say you don't have seed, you're a liar. God gives seeds to everybody. Is it that you are lying or God has decided you are not a sower, so I'm not going to give you any seed. But you cannot eat your seed Because if you eat your seed, you have no harvest. You have nothing in the ground. But you can't sow a seed that you don't have. God has to give to you. Why am I saying this? Sometimes people are pressured to give. They really want to give. They have a heart to give. So they put it in their, in their credit card. You know, on their credit card, they say, I'll give you the number. That's not the way to give. The Bible didn't say to do something like that. I know it's done. God will bless you by faith. But when you read scriptures, and we need to stick with the Bible, okay? You stay with what Bible says so that you are doing it right. So that God can take that seed and multiply it and give it right back to you. We're talking about practical things that we can do to operate the power to get wealth. That's what we're talking about. Practical things to do. This is what the Bible tells, tells us in 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians chapter 8 verse 12. It says, for if there is first a willing mind, so your mind must be willing to give. It is accepted according to what one has. So when you have a willing mind, God takes the offering from you even though you are putting it in the church. It is accepted by God because your heart is willing and you are giving it joyfully. But it's accepted only according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. Read the scripture. So if you don't have to give, pray to the Lord to give, and you really want to give, pray to the Lord to give you seed to give. And recognize when the money comes to you that this is the Lord giving me seed to sow, so that you don't eat your seed. Because after you eat your seed, you have no harvest. You have Seed. In the same way, don't spend money that you don't have. <laughs> you can't eat seed that you, that you don't have. You can't sow a seed that you don't have. Don't eat your seed. I mean... If you weigh your finances, you know what's coming, everything, then you can go and buy a Mercedes-Benz. But if you go and buy one million dollar home and all you earn is $28 an hour, unless a miracle takes place, your home is going to be foreclosed on. Which is the truth. You can't sow seed that you don't have. And you can eat seed that you don't have. Some believers spend more than much more than they make and they get in trouble and they're in debt all over the place. If you cut back, let it be to cut you need to cut back, but you cut back so you can give more to the house of God. And if you are faithful with one hundred dollars in your giving, before long you'll be dealing with a thousand dollars if you are faithful with a thousand dollars in your giving before long, and this is how it works. This stuff works it does work. The only reason why people are not are, are going on with it is they are afraid, they are not sure they can't trust if God will keep his own aim. that's what it is. It's unbelief. it does work. if you're hurting, this is the way God wants to bring you out of that situation, that hardship, even though it's hard. Do it and see what God will do. Think about it. I used to read about this woman that gave, you know, the widow's mind. And you wonder, well, the woman went there and gave a widow's mind. And that was all she had, right? And then Jesus said, well, that lady gave everything that she had. And you're sitting there and you have $10,000 in your home. And you know that woman is going to perish. And this is the Jesus that you believe in. That he's the son of God. And he said something. And you you do nothing. I'll chase after that woman. Right? I believe people gave to that woman. After they heard that from Jesus. I know of another story. This is real life. You know. Of of a woman in Pastor Younger Church. That all she had was this bowl of rice or something. And she brought it to the church because they were having a building program and they had this campaign, save the pastor because pastor was burdened down because of all the problems, the financial problems they were having trying to build this building, five million dollars. And so the church got together and said, we will help our pastor build this. And so people were giving thousands, ten thousands for this and all of that. And she brought just this bowl and, uh, what do they call that stuff that uh, Chinese people eat with? Chop, yeah. Yeah. What do you call it? Chapstick. Chapstick. Okay. A piece, pardon me. I'm going on with my story. <laughs> but she brought those to, to the pastor. And, and pastor said, no, no, no. You can't do that. Because pastor was aware of our, our, our situation. And he said, no, no, no. You can't do that. That's all you got. And he, she said, pastor, no. That's all I have I want to give it. And then she started crying. And she asked Pastor. She said, "Won't Jesus take this offering from a poor widow? Would Jesus not accept this?" And Pastor felt bad, so Pastor took it, took everything from her. And some men stood back and said, "I'll pay ten thousand dollars for that rice bowl. Give it to me. I want it. It's priceless." You think that woman will leave that church with nothing in her hand? I don't think so. When you give, God gives back to you. God gives back to you. The harvest will not respond to prayer and fasting. It only responds to your giving. Your giving is what determines your harvest how you give is what's going to determine that now another thing that is required is labor this is really important you know the bible says let him that doesn't work let him not exactly if you're not working you're not that's in the natural if you don't work you're not going to eat and I know it's really fun to go to church and, and tell brother I'm having a hard time and the brothers are really good they'll give you something but because you didn't earn it he's not going to stay with you very long you become a beggar and God doesn't want beggars in his house there are no beggars we are kings and priests in the kingdom of God we're not beggars so labor is required but I'm going to show you what it is with what, what kind of labor I'm talking about right here because we are missing it in our giving, or sowing, and reaping. Notice that sowing requires what? Labor, right? Sowing requires labor. If you're going to sow, you have to labor, right? There's labor involved with sowing. Now, when you are going to reap, are you just going to sit down? No labor? The harvest also requires labor, right? So you got sowing and reaping, they both require labor. So let's let's come back to giving. After you give, then you are sown, you've sown, right? That's the sowing. So what do you have to do to labor for your harvest then? There's got to be labor for your harvest, right? Do you know what to do? Well, I'm glad you asked a good question. Now, in uh, John chapter 6, verse 27 and 29, Jesus said, do not labor for the food which perishes. (coughs) Excuse me. What kind of food is he talking about? All of this natural stuff. Jesus said, if you labor, you will receive wage, right? He said, Don't labor, don't work so hard for that food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then he said, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may Walk work the works of God. They want to know what kind of labor. We want to do that work that you're saying. We're not going to labor for this food that perishes. But we want to do that that labor that will give us something from eternity. Give us, give us that. And Jesus said, this is the work of God. That you believe in him whom he has sent. See, the labor that... Apply to reaping is faith. You understand? Many preachers tell you, well, you just give and, 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 and give with a good heart to the Lord and, and don't expect anything. God will give you uh, the money back or if he chooses not to give you the money, he'll give you good health and he'll make your children, he'll give you peace and all of that. When you sow corn, are you expecting to go reap Apple, right? You're expecting to rip corn. That's in the natural. So that's what we're to, we're told to do. The Bible here is saying we labor the second part, the showing is our ripping, that act of faith that says I'm going to put this in. Okay? But most Christians are taught not to expect anything back. He's like a guy going to the field, he's planted these 10 acres with with corn and he's not expecting anything. He doesn't even care when the the harvest time comes. That's a dumb farmer. That's a crazy farmer. You will call that farmer idiot, right? How can you plant and expect nothing? And if he tells you I planted corn and I'm expecting uh, some sorghum you say what's wrong with you didn't you say you planted corn how come you're expecting oranges you're crazy you gave money to the lord right he'll give you money first and then add other things to it he will increase the fruit of your righteousness he'll give you the money back Press down, shaking together, running over, and then it will increase the fruit of your righteousness. He expects you to apply faith. You must expect it. You sow to the church, I'm sowing. $10,000, I'm expecting at least 30 fold. That's what Jesus said, 30, 60, or 100. Well, if I don't get 100, at least I can get 30 fold back. And some people say, that's a bad motive to give expecting something from God. Well, a biblical motive is a right motive. Amen. Come on. Right? That's true. When God says to do it and you obey it with the motive that he gave you from his scripture, how can that be defiled? You're doing it according to what he said. He says, prove me now, if you give me this, if I don't give it back to you. Is that not what he said? What's wrong with expecting it? If you tell, if you tell your kid, well, if you do this, I'm going to buy you a bicycle. Would it be wrong for the kid to come and ask you, I've done it, would you buy me a bicycle? Where is my bicycle? Would that be wrong? Not, natural fathers, would that be wrong? How much more, our heavenly father? What you give, What you sow is what you reap. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully. I'm not going to curse the ground for your sake anymore. When you labor in faith, after you've sown, he's coming right back to you. The thing that I think most Christians are missing is they sow, they don't apply the second labor, which is the labor of faith. That God is good. He will keep his word. His mercy endures forever. He's going to bring it back to me. And my life will never be the same. As long as I have the ability to sow. And God is in charge of the harvest. I can never be in one. That's why we can say, The Lord is my... When you give your tithe and your offerings. Especially your tithe, you are saying, God, you are my shepherd. Now I am sowing this offering... I want you to multiply it. And that's what happened to Isaac, who was a covenant person. He sowed in the year of famine. And God multiplied the seed, f- sown a hundredfold. And the Bible said, the man Isaac began to prosper. And continued to prosper. Until he became very prosperous. And the Philistines envied him. You become I envy and envy of the people people will envy you as you begin to follow after God and doing these things if you are careless with your giving you don't care God is going to give you I have one more thing that I need to share and then we'll close but let me read this scripture before I get there stop laughing Ines <laughs> you know how the preachers always say well finally and then, before long, they have a second finally. <laughs> I'm not alone. Paul did it, so I can do it. <laughs> Paul says, finally. And then he comes back and says, finally. I said, which of the finally, Paul, are you talking about? <laughs> the first one or the second one? Amen. So that's my finally for you. <laughs> first Timothy 5:17 and 18. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor... In the word and doctrine see when you labor in word and doctrine you are considered you are supposed to be given double honor and it's not talking about you know like we do in Nigeria double honor that's not the honor I want I want the honor that goes in again <laughs> that's what he's talking about and you can read from the scriptures Yeah. It says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine, especially those should be considered of double honor. For the scripture says, you shall not muscle and ox while he treads out the grain. And the laborer is worthy of his wages. So he's really talking about money all along. So laboring in the word and faith is part of their harvest. And that's where you get your double honor. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, the exercise in godliness. This is a practical thing we must do if you want God to separate you in a time of famine as we have in the United States today. Where you are set apart. It can be happening to the rest of them. He won't touch you. He's done it before. He's doing it today. he preserves you. The thing is exercising godliness. is so important. And let me read this scripture here quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. For bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things. Would you say with me all things? Godliness is profitable. In other words, you get some profit from godliness. Godliness will deliver profits into your hands. Godliness will do that. He said bodily exercise will profit a little. Now, athletes are the ones that, you know, professional athletes, the champions, you know, you see them with driving, the really nice cars, right? Amen. They got this big house and all of that. Where are they drawing from? From the, their natural talent, right? But just having natural talent, Will not make you a champion. You need training. Every athlete goes through. If he wants to be a champion. He wants to be in a championship uh, team. He wants to be a world champion. Right? They all have natural talent. Right? But the one who spends more time in practice. Fine tuning their game. Amen? Exercising. Going to training. Those are the ones that make it. There are a lot of people that can—they they can, they have a great talents. But they are not making it. Just because you have the talent doesn't mean you are going to make it. Every one of us have been given talents. Use it. Train it fine-tune it lock into what you know you can do and start going after it we need to exercise you can't get wealthy wronging people hurting people just to get wealth you can't break god's one law uh, god's law on one side and hope that he's gonna bless you on the other side, it's not gonna happen. We exercise ourselves in godliness. Godliness is profitable. You see, Paul is saying, look at all these athletes, they are doing so well, those of them that train themselves. They have the big houses, they have the big cars, and all of that. But he's saying that's little compared to the what will come to the guy who is truly exercising a training himself in godliness. I said the other time that money follows the preaching of the gospel. Find any preacher who is really keyed on spreading the gospel. They never lack. And usually they live a good life. The, the ones that are acting funny in the secret only after money and lying to people, send this and we will send you uh, some salt from uh, The tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem. And uh, send this $15 to my ministry. And all of that. And and I'll send you soil from Nigeria. And you just stand on it. And you will be blessed. You will be blessed brother. You will be blessed. And people are sending money to them. Those ones will come down. But the ones that are sincere. They never lack. They never lack. Because money follows the gospel. And if you start putting your money into the gospel, I guarantee you, wealth will chase after you, come on you, and overtake you. That's going to happen. That's why I'm sure that the ministry of the Ark Fellowship will prosper because our leaders, especially our leaders, they give. The leaders here give. And uh, I, there's no one that's holding back, not that I know of. Very faithful. In their giving and we believe that's why John Hunter she said here this is a, a very giving church and there's no one that's coming here and they don't feel that I don't know where the money is coming from but it's coming that's why I believe God's gonna give us millionaires would you stand up with me this morning the first thing that we want to do is to give everything to the Lord your whole life because if you don't give everything to the Lord you got some reservation usually (laughs) it will show up in your giving to the Lord (laughs) and giving everything to the Lord is just a decision that you make and so if you're here this morning and you don't already know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior There is nothing to be ashamed of. Just give everything to Him. I did it, uh, you know, how many years ago? 33 years ago. I gave my life to the Lord. And I'm very grateful to God that I made that decision. No shame. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to know that I belong to Him. It's the best place to be. Are you here this morning and you say I want to be close to Jesus? I want to give everything to Jesus. Just put your hand up, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is anybody else? You're gonna be, thank you. You're gonna give everything to the Lord. No hold them back. No hold them back. No hold them back. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. It's so important. Second thing I want you to do today. Say, I am not going to be afraid anymore. Say that with me. I'm, I will not be afraid anymore. I will give to the Lord. Make a covenant with Him. I tell you, by the name, in the name of Jesus, if you will do that without a, without fear in your heart, now God is going to prove you to see if you will stay with it. But if you refuse to give Him, I'm saying as a servant of God before you, and I know the Lord Jesus is standing here today your financial state will be a lot better than it is this morning i guarantee you in the name of christ i don't have to go back home and start wondering will god do it i know he will i know he will so i'm asking you to make that commitment i'm not asking you to just give to the ark fellowship you know my wife and i every month we send money to other ministries we We have to do it I want the work of God to go on I have this servant of God he's older now he needs money I need to send send him money all the time so he can live well when I do that I'm locked in with his prosperity I can never lack you're saying the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want now I'm saying to you this morning if you will lock into that to give to the work of God totally abandon you totally abandon yourself to do that by this time next year check what's going on you will be amazed you will be amazed i like i'm just doing as i feel led okay hold your hand up as if you have your checkbook in your hand that represents your bank account i'm just doing what i feel led to do this morning And I'm going to pray, if you are determined to give to the Lord, I don't care if you give it here, just give to the Lord. The Lord's work. I'm going to be speaking finances into your hand to separate you from the rest of them. God did that in Egypt, his people. He separated them. While they were wasting away with all the plagues, he protected his people. I'm going to speak finances into your hand. And I'm going to break every curse. Because it's from the enemy. That the enemy has come against your family. With And he knows to obey my voice. Because your hands lifted up before the Lord. Before the Lord Jesus. Every financial curse is going to be broken today. And only good you will see. Because you are obeying the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, you see their hands lifted up and their checkbooks lifted up for their accounts. They are making a commitment to you, O God, the Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are making a commitment to you that we will give to your work. And Lord, because we have entered into this covenant with you, you have become our shepherd. And Lord, we will never, never, never no want, never, never no want. Father, I speak great finances into their bank accounts in the name of Jesus those that are dealing with hundreds I I've speak thousands into their accounts in Jesus name Lord I stand firmly on your word I will not apologize because I know it is the truth you want to bless your children every father, every good father wants to bless his children and I bless your children in your name today those that are dealing with thousands will deal with tens of thousands and those that are dealing with tens of thousands will deal with hundreds of thousands in the name of jesus bless your people today open the windows of heaven and pour your blessings upon them we give you praise would you start thanking the lord this morning say god i thank you thank you thank you brother yes yes it's coming it's coming say god i thank you and expect a change remember the second part remember the second part it's not just the giving alone but faith the labor of faith that refuses to let and say yes i know my god is bringing it in he will increase the fruit of your righteousness that means you can bless others when they can pay their bills you pay it for them and then they will see that God is saying how can you do this? It's my God. When they thank you, you say, Thank Jesus, He's the one that's given to you. He told me to give to you. They want to know your Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Receive from the Lord. Amen.